0: Welcome to the First Mentor Podcast. Here, you will hear us talk about a variety of topics for the entire family that will hopefully spark a discussion, create a new curiosity, or simply teach you something new. The goal is to inspire you to learn life skills and soft skills not taught in school and prepare you to live an extraordinary life. Come on and spend some time with us on your commute to school or anytime you're free. Hello, mentees and family of mentees. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the First Mentor Podcast. And this is your host and mentor, Vanessa Yang. For today, we have invited Winnie Chen Wang from Mindful Healing Heart to talk to us about how to handle rejection. Now, for this episode, which is part one of our discussion, we will learn more about Winnie's multifaceted background And learn the foundation of how rejection served her in finding her passion and calling in life. Also, remember to tune in to part two several weeks from now when we dive deeper into the discussion of rejection and how it impacts our health. And again, thank you so much for your continued support. And remember to subscribe, add us to your favorite list, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Also follow us on First Mentor Street on Instagram and Facebook if you haven't done so already. Now let's dive into our discussion with Winnie. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the First Mentor Podcast and I would like to introduce my guest today to you, Winnie Chen Wang from Mindful Healing Heart. Welcome to the show, Winnie. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. I am so excited today
1: to be with all of you, and I can't wait. I know we
0: have a really interesting topic with a very unique spin because of your background, and we're going to hear about it in a little bit. What we're going to be talking about today is how to handle rejections in different scenarios, right? But because of your very unique and interesting background, especially right now in energy healing, we're going to also talk about how different types of rejections manifest themselves within our health and body. But before we dive deeper into it, let's give our listeners a chance to get to know you better.
1: I used to be a very academic nerd. Mm -hmm. I have four science degrees. Two from MIT. So I have a computer science degree. I have a Sloan School, which is like an MBA for undergrad. And then I went to NYU. I have a digital marketing degree. And then I have a degree in oriental
0: medicine and acupuncture. Yeah, fantastic background. I feel like it's very interesting. Every time I hear about your background, like, first of all, she really studied a lot. But I thought it was interesting how the different majors or areas that you focus in kind of intertwine into who you are today. And can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do at Mindful Healing Heart nowadays?
1: I'm going to delay the question about Mindful Healing Heart because I know that the audience is high school and college. I think the number one challenge that everybody face is what school do I apply to or what mm-hmm. job do I apply to? And I just want to tell a little bit more of the backstory of my four degrees and sort of the different careers that I've had before I landed at Mindful Healing Heart, because I think it's a very calming story and inspirational
0: story. Yes.
1: So growing up, I had these Asian parents who wanted me to study, 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 (laughs) right? Sounds familiar. the, The stereotype is that our parents, they really love us and they really want to protect us. And they think that, okay, my daughter, if she does a lot of math, and she goes to a really good school, and then when she graduates, she can either be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, an engineer. There are a lot of Asian in the field of science, because we have a lot of discipline in our heritage. And Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly thank my parents for giving me this discipline and this work ethic, because for sure, I wouldn't have any success without my parents. So I'm really grateful for them. At the same time, because I worked so hard, it was almost like I was a robot hmm <laughs> I hear you. I'm so good at working hard that I didn't know what my passion is. I'm like a straight-A student. So you ask me to write a paper? No problem. You want me to crunch number an Excel spreadsheet? No problem. You want me to do public speaking? No problem. You want me to organize an event or a club? No problem. So I'm so hardworking and I'm so good at everything because I'm hardworking, right? Mm-hmm that I don't actually know what's in my heart. I'm so disconnected to my heart. I don't know what I love. And I just do it because I was following the formula, go to school, apply to a good college, apply to a good job, get married, have kids. And so I was following this formula. And I remember when I was in high school, my college counselor met with me and he said, Winnie what colleges do you want to apply to and I thought I have no idea what do you want to do with your life and I thought I have no idea and so my college counselor took a look at my grades and he saw that well Winnie you know you have really good grades in AP math and AP Mm -hmm. sciences maybe you should apply to MIT because you are really good at math and sciences because of this I applied to MIT And I got in. But that's not actually because I love math and sciences, you see. (laughs) Actually, because I'm an immigrant, right? So I came to this country at 10th grade. So of course, I can't write an English paper or a history paper as well as native speakers. But just because I couldn't do it as well doesn't mean I love math and sciences. I obviously have four science degrees, so I am decent and I do (laughs) love it enough, but it wasn't what I wanted. And again, I'm so good at listening. And I do thank my college counselor for telling me to apply to MIT and for MIT for allowing me to go there. So I do have two degrees from MIT and the story of how I chose computer science was really funny one. Okay, so it was... 1998, and it was the era of the .dot com. Yes, I remember. So everybody wanted to do .dot com because if you had a startup, then there are all these people that later turned into, you know, Yahoo and Facebook, and everybody wanted to be the next person who had Google, Amazon, right? So That's everybody right. wanted to major in computer science, and I was lost. I didn't know what I want to do. So my dad said. And this is very practical advice. He said, Winnie, just major in computer science, okay? Because in every field, and my dad is a doctor, even when I do surgery, the surgery is guided by a computer. Everything we do is by computer. You take a new patient, they fill out forms online, right? So my dad said, if you major in computer, you'd never be unemployed and you'd never go hungry.
0: <laughs> That's very practical indeed.
1: It is very practical. And let me tell you, when I was a freshman, I didn't even know how to type a URL into the browser. Okay, that's how computer illiterate I was. (laughs) And I managed to graduate with 4.9 out of 5.0 GPA from MIT, which just basically means where there is a will, there is a way. But computer science is clearly not my passion. Then it's like, why did I have my second degree of Sloan School of Management? It was because at that time. And of course, computer science from MIT is a very difficult major.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, these are the people who've been hacking computers since they were probably in diverse. For me to get a good grade and a GPA at that time, I had to major in something also easy to pull my GPA up so that, it, it, God forbid, once in a while I got a B, that there's some other class that can pull my grade up. So the easiest would be business. So then that's how I got the Sloan School of Management. It's really, I took it to pull my GPA up. <laughs> At the time, I really love dancing. I love every kind of dance, you know, ballroom, salsa, waltz, cha-cha, hip hop, clubbing, tango, anything, I just love dancing. Mm-hmm. And New York being the dancing capital in the United States, I was like, well, I got to find myself a job to go to New York. And of course, to pay for rent in New York, I got to get a job that pays. And that's how my first job out of college was actually at Goldman Sachs. And I was Mm -hmm. in fixed income. And it's not me at all, because I'm not really a money person. I don't love investment, but I was good enough at crunching numbers, Mm -hmm. right? I had the skills to do it, but my heart wasn't in it. That's sort of when I had the first rejection in my life. For those of you who might be interested in a financial career, these firms often sign what they call a two year program. So they have a two year analyst program. At the end of the two years, they either give you another one-year analyst program, or they might promote you to associate. But because my heart wasn't in it, and I know something is missing, you know, like I didn't come here to do Wall Street, right? Something in me just didn't click. Despite me going through the motion of applying to a third-year analyst position, so this would be when I'm 23 years old, to all of these... Different banks, you know, you name it like Bank of America and Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, all all over the place. I actually didn't get any job offer. I did have one job offer, but it was to go back to Asia. And at the time, I was in love and with my boyfriend, so I was not willing to give up. (laughs) Of course not. I wasn't willing to give up my boyfriend to have a career in Asia. So I did have a job offer, but it was in Asia. Moment of rejection, right? And if all the listeners remember nothing else from this podcast, I want everyone to remember this one sentence secret. And I'm going to say it in a mathematical formula because I'm nerdy that way. Rejection equals protection and realignment. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it again. So rejection equals protection plus Realignment. So what that means, protection, is when I am rejected by something, it's either I'm being protected from something or I'm being realigned to something else. So, for example, if my life calling is to be a doctor, then working on Wall Street is not in alignment to me being a doctor. That's right. So I needed that rejection to be a wake-up call. Hello, Winnie, you came here to be a doctor, not to be on Wall Street. So rejection can be a realignment. And the second thing is protection. So for example, the lifestyle that I was living, I ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner at work. I worked seven days a week at the company. Maybe it would be fine if, I had a very healthy body with what I call abundant chi and blood, which tends to be more masculine. Part of the reason why is because if you have a woman's body, every month you menstruate and you lose blood. So by definition, a woman has less blood and less chi than a man just because we have to lose blood every month. So there are certain jobs that are more physically demanding for perhaps long hours that I think is more suitable for somebody who's abundant in chi and blood. Now, that's not to say a woman can't do it, but some people are hot all the time Mm -hmm. and some people are cold all the time. And so my body constitution is that I'm cold all the time. And so my body isn't made for working long hours and so therefore that rejection is actually protecting me from damaging my health. Yes. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. Whenever we have Rejection, we get to practice gratitude. Oh, thank God. You know, thank you, universe, for protecting me from what would have caused damage to my health. It could be my physical, emotional, mental, spiritual health, or realigning to my soul's calling or purpose. So it's really funny because. I feel that a lot of our audience, they're thinking about, oh, what school do I apply to? What mm-hmm. major do I choose? And it seems like such a life and death, big, big, big decision. <laughs> At that age, it was, yes, absolutely. Like, what if I choose the wrong school? What if I choose the wrong major? We think that, oh my God, if I'm major and the wrong thing. That's the end of my life. No. So I'm going to continue my story. Okay. So my first degree in computer science, and then I have a finance. When I got rejected, I thought, well, maybe I can go back to school and change career. Maybe finance is not it. At that time, I was living in New York and I applied to two schools. One is marketing and one is Actually, music technology, because I love music. And I thought that, well, maybe I can be in the back room and edit music. So I got applied and admitted to two programs at NYU. And in the end, well, it also happened that at that time I was madly in love. And I thought, well, you know, marketing mostly is like a nine to five job. Whereas music technology, sometimes when you edit music, it could be late night, long Mm -hmm. hours. Based on that, I was like, well, I just want to be in love. I want to spend more time with my boyfriend. I picked the digital marketing program. So I got myself a consulting job, but that involved a lot of flying. And Mm -hmm. so when I became a mother, I thought, okay, I don't want to fly around anymore. And so I got the degree, I left the job, And then I went on to do my first startup because I really want my daughters to learn Chinese. And Mm. at that time, there wasn't an age-appropriate Chinese school for my daughter. So most of them start at kindergarten. And I was like, no, but I want my kids to learn Chinese when they're six months old. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I created a play-based music together. Basically, you sing some Chinese song, you play some games. It's like preschool for people who want to learn Chinese. And so that is an example where, okay, my degree is not in Chinese. My degree is not an early childhood education. I have no experience with startup. I basically have no qualification at all for starting a Chinese school for age six months to five years. But just because my heart wanted it, yeah, it came true, right? So think about, oh my God, like when we get rejected by a college, maybe we're so sad because we're like, oh, but I really want to go to Harvard, you know? I really want to go to Yale and, and I'm just devastated. I didn't get to go to my dream school. But what I want to tell you is your life hopefully is over 99 years old, you, you get to live forever. And you get to constantly reinvent yourself. And that even I have no qualification to start a Chinese school, I did it. And it had absolutely nothing to do with what school I went to. It has nothing to do with what jobs experiences I had nothing. It was just because I really wanted my kids to learn Chinese. So I made a Chinese program.
0: Wow. This is such a great example, your story, for our listeners, because I've had a lot of those discussions with younger folks about what they wish they're going to do in the future with their life and their career. And of course, most of them don't know yet, right? I mean, that's very normal. But you're so right. There's this fear about, oh, uh, what if I choose wrong? I'm going to waste all this time and all this money. But I also wanted to circle back about what you said. I love the way you think about rejection and your formula, of course, and with your math background, what it makes me think of is really the way I've learned to accept rejection. When I was younger, it was always associated with pain and disappointment. Why didn't I get this? Why wasn't I good enough? But as you get older, you're so right. I don't explain it in your formula, but the way I always see it is it's like somebody closing one door for me So and maybe more doors are closed along the way because the universe is trying to lead me to the right door for me to open that door that's meant for me. That's why it's closing all these doors that are not meant for me. It's different ways of seeing it, but I think it's great for our young audience here to just get a different perspective that rejection is not a bad thing. So I loved what you shared so far.
1: I'm going to. Quickly use your closing door and opening door and also help the audience that have anxiety because right now, you know, since COVID, we really have a spike of anxiety and depression, especially among the younger population. In one sentence, the medicine to anxiety is trust and the medicine to depression is connecting to your life purpose. Mm. So why do we have anxiety all the time? It's because we wonder, I, 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 me, me, me. How will I do at that interview? How will I do in the school dance? How do I look when I ask that boy out on a date? Mm -hmm. What does it say about me if that boy no longer wants to be in a relationship with me? Me, me, me. I, I, I. So basically, all of the anxiety comes from this overemphasis on I. And also really because I want to look good. I want to look good. I want to look good. As a society, we have an emphasis of looking good. Yes. I want to look skinny. I want to look tall. I want to look rich. I want to look educated. I want to look smart. I want to look pretty, right? Right. It's all that we care too much about how we look to ourselves and others. It's all superficial. Yeah. And trust is the opposite. It's it's the medicine because trust comes from inside. Trust comes from knowing that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. The most powerful thing is to know that the bird, can rest and relax yeah, on the I branch. Not because it trusts the branch not to break, but because it trusts its own wings and its ability to fly. I don't have to worry if this guy doesn't want a relationship with me. I don't have to worry if this college doesn't let me in or that job doesn't want to hire me. That is outside of me. It doesn't matter what's happening outside. What matters is how I trust myself that no matter what, I know that I will find a way.
0: Mm -hmm. Very deep, but it's so, so true.
1: And so we can keep reinventing ourselves. I know that a lot of our audience, one of their major challenge is around dating. Okay. Does that boy love me? Okay. Even if he says he loves me, does he really mean it? You know, um, and maybe for those who are, you know, in their mid 20s, it's like, well, is he the right fit for me? Are we long term? Are we short term? Does he make enough money? You know, is he successful? Is he going to cheat on me? Is he like a marriage material? Okay, so when we enter a relationship, we have all these fears and worries that I'm not enough or He's not enough. Or how is this going to play out? Because maybe we've watched some movies or we've experienced heartbreak. And it's almost like we have some PTSD about this. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to like go on another date. Or I don't know if I want to ask her out. Or you know, what if I fall in love with this guy and two years later, I found out that he cheated on me and he's the wrong guy, right? So we have all these fears yes around how the relationship will unfold and we have this fear of rejection what if he doesn't love me or what if he finds out something about me that is not lovable you know this this whole thing is because we don't know that every time We are dumped or rejected or abandoned. There's actually somebody better on the other side, right? Right. (laughs) When this door closed with boyfriend number one, that's because boyfriend number two is on the way over. Okay. So when every time we close the door and other door opens, every time we get dumped by boyfriend one, that's because boyfriend two is more in alignment and more suitable for us and. Instead of looking at, oh, I'm so afraid of pain. I'm so afraid of breakup. Is breakup painful? Yeah, of course it's painful. I mean, I've had so many breakups. I know all about the pain. However, I also know that each time a new person enters my life, there is a reason. And each time I'm getting closer and closer to the ideal partner. Yes, I love the
0: way you look at it. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Winnie Chan Wang. Don't you just love her simple but profound formula of rejection, which equals protection and redirection? When you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Actually, I have an idea. Why don't you talk to a few adults in your life and ask them how, now in hindsight, Certain rejections in their lives led them to where they are today. I would really love to hear about what you find out. Please share with us on social media under First Mentor Street. And thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Until then, have an amazing week.